is toying with him now. Hey, Caitlin, how you doing? Chris, how are you? Good, how's England? You know, England is pretty dope. I feel like a lot of them are like, well, things are pretty shit because of Brexit. And then I'm like, yeah, but we're coming from America. And they're like, oh, yeah, good point. We other stuff, some sense of decorum. Um, you know, and London is great. London is great. London is where Wimbledon is. I was there for a chunk of time. And it's like a fun respite it's a tennis tournament a garden party and the city of london is really great and has always been like pretty big fans of racket magazine so we get to like do a bunch of cool stuff we had a live podcast event we did some partying the world cup was on it was a blast it was a total blast sure how much tennis did you watch three days worth one of which was from the fred perry suite which was filled with thinker sandwiches. <laughs> really plain to type there. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to lean into it. I didn't wear like a giant hat, but I did wear a Fred Perry head to do kit because I feel like that's the only, wow. you know, decorous thing to do. You got to you gotta have a sense of decorum if you're showing up at a suite, yeah. dress the part. So that's what I did. Did you watch it? A lot of it. I watched a bunch of it uh, and I thought uh, it was great. I uh, I had like a kind of a, a broken up experience watching the French, which I actually prefer to Wimbledon, but it was still great to yeah. see the tennis at Wimbledon. Yeah, it's interesting. I've started preferring Wimbledon to the French, despite years and years and years of preferring the French, and I'm not sure exactly why. French is feels more full of possibility because it's the beginning of summer, and it feels more like clay and the look and feel of it in paris but for whatever reason like i just can't get excited about a nadal you know endless march to victory so for me the you know the wimbledon sort of uh variety of winners has been more exciting for me um but we haven't actually talked since before the french so we can do like a whole grand slam season recap if you want to (laughs) the whole thing the whole thing what are your sort of what what accounts for your preference would you say uh, I think because well, I was just thinking as you were talking that like, I mean, I was also laser focused on what you were saying, but I was also thinking like, <laughs> it's <laughs> uh, maybe I probably originally liked the French because it was sort of more chaotic, right? Like it would throw up um, uh, un- unexpected winners and people that, that went really deep. But I wonder if you like in some Nate Silver fashion crunch the numbers, whether whether that sort of evened out now that Wimbledon is more of a, a baseline tournament you know yeah it's a good point i think it's probably true like wimbledon has slowed down the surfaces are more similar to each other and you don't get that like tomas muster sergi bergera <laughs> barisategi alberto barisategi esque you know especially on the men's side you know dirt ball specialists like right. remember when everyone was like throwing their hands up in the air and being like tomas muster cannot be number one in the world <laughs> he can't win anything off of clay right you know Right, And it was like this big disgrace because he couldn't, you know, compete as well on all the other surfaces. Right. Um, that would, that's like such a nice problem to have now. Don't you think? Right. Yeah. I mean, are, are, like, are there on the tour, are there specialists who you, f- you, you feel like, okay, they're on clay or whatever, and this is their only chance. They better win during the clay court season. I mean, yeah, there's certainly two, and they're both men, although mm-hmm. I'm struggling to think of like a female clay yeah. specialist. Team is a clay court specialist. Sure. 
he can win hard court matches to be sure, but like clay really is where he does his most damage. And then Feliciano Lopez on grass. Oh He's yeah. Like the only Spanish guy ever to specialize on grass. Yeah. The most stylish man on tour, according to some. According to many, the, According certainly to many. he's he's pretty like a woman, is what I t- like to say. <laughs> exactly, that's what I mean by stylish for sure. <laughs> pretty like a woman. He's very pretty. Yeah. He's lefty. He serves in volleys. He won Queens again this year, and then won Queens with Andy Murray, which yep. uh, you know is the famous London-based grass court tournament that is not Wimbledon. It's yeah. be- right before the championships. Yep. So yeah, like you kind of do, but not like you used to have. Not like, at all. Exactly. Well. And, Lopez is is fun to watch because he's pretty much slice only on his backhand. Oh yeah, he hits a lot of slice. Yeah, so he it's also like grunts really loud. Yeah, he also does what really loud? Grunts, grunts. really loud. Huh? Weird. Because I think as he's aged, because he's now like thirty eight. I think he's like yeah. my age, yeah. but he's aged. Uh, but still, like it seems like it's taking more and more effort yeah. for him to play. Yep. Hence the grunting. But yeah, he does not come over it. It's like Steffi. Yeah. Like you noted. Not a lot of top spin one-handed backhands. No, no. When, when he has to pass uh, with with the backhand, it's painful. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. that's not what you do normally. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, avert your eyes. No, but he won it last year and yep. this year. Maybe it was two years ago. But he's now got two grass court queens titles to his name. And, you know, he's kind of not much of a factor at the other tournaments. But at this one place, in yep. this one, you know, context. Yep. He's amazing. I'm all for that. I, I think grass court specialization is an underrated element, as we've talked about. I am more than happy to turn, um, you know, make a dr- like drastic right turn and change a bunch of stuff about the game. And I would change the grass court season. I would make it longer. I would yep. make there be, um, at least on the men's side, a Masters 1000. On the women's side, a premier level event. Wow. You know, because a lot of people skip them and then just play Wimbledon. Right. Like you would, Williams. Right. You would think it would in, improve the quality of play at Wimbledon if there were a longer grass court season or would allow for people to, to come up with more like specialized games. I would uh, hope so. Yeah. Plus, it's just like it's nice to sort of have the variety. I think probably what prevents it from happening is the places in the world where you can play grass court tennis for very long are few and far between. Like there's not a strong tradition of grass court tennis in places that are like warm enough to sustain grass court tennis for more yep. than like a month, which mm-hmm. is basically like most of northern Europe, which is where it is played. Um, and then you've got like uh, probably insanely expensive upkeep, right? Like oh, yeah. Wimbledon employs like 20 lands, grounds, botanist specialist yep. types. I might be getting that number wrong, but it's something like that. It's like double digits. It might be right. like 15. Like it's tons of people. It's tons of money and, just and, to keep the grass yeah. pristine. And 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 even with all the that money and all those p- p- people, by the end of the tournament, you're basically paying on like hard-packed dirt, yeah, you it's know, like patchy, even, yeah. patchy, like back of the parking lot, you know, <laughs> yeah. asphalt grass. It's not great by the right. end, which yeah. always surprised me. Like, wouldn't they like transplant the grass and just keep it always totally pristine? I feel like that'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, they have a roof now that seems like let's next, next step is uh, improve this grass. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, just like every night create regenerating grass seeds <laughs> that could just regrow it or get somebody like scalpel in a new bed of grass like it come on i've yeah. on grass now you it's totally different when it's worn down at the end of the summer versus when it's like plush and right. sort of slippy at the beginning yeah. it's a much different game right and you, the, know? you would the more slippery it got the more you like the game right totally you have yeah. to be really like tactical i guess what i just don't love is and i've said this 
through the years many times. Like, I just don't love, like, extended baseline rallies. Mm-hmm. Pretty much on any surface. Like, clay, yes, it sort of favors extended baseline rallies, but there's also so much variety that you can introduce with the with the spins that yeah. there is actually a lot of, like, point construction. Yeah. You yeah. know, grass, grass is about closing and serving volleying. Like, it should be about that again. Right. I don't, like, it's obscene that it used to be the the brown patchiness at the end of a grass court tournament would be in a T shape right up the middle as people are coming into the net and then huge bald patches in each of the service boxes as people are volleying. Right. And now it looks just like everyone's stuck on the baseline. It gets upsetting. Yeah. It's upsetting and I can't and I won't. I won't stand for it. <laughs> so we gotta make a change. You know what? I'm out. No more magazine. I can't watch another match of tennis. A protest of one. <laughs> Yeah, I do a lot of protestings of one. Doesn't it's not effective. The <laughs> local coffee shops in the East Village can attest. I have an active boycott going on for three of them, and not not a one has taken wow. notice. Making a stand, you know, mm-hmm. it's never too yep. late. All for different reasons, too, Chris. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll call out the one. My favorite, the Roost, has been home to a, a runners' club every Saturday, mm. taking up space in the middle of the cafe notably the TV area where I was hoping to watch the Serena Williams match this past Saturday with sweaty runners bodies, which is running even a sport. No, it's an activity. So there's that. And then they rent this out and no one else can enjoy the, the television and the communal iced coffee watching experience every single Saturday. It's an abomination (laughs) for a running club. So sure. You're dead to me. The roost, your (laughs) delicious coffee and pastries straight from Balthazar will have to go uneaten wow. and untasted. Yeah, I know. They haven't they haven't taken notice and changed their policies and I don't expect them to, but <laughs> if I can't use my podcast to affect powerful political change, what's the point? Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I guess yeah, there I mean there are a couple more options in the East Village coffee wise, but uh, this does sound good. You don't even want to talk about the geopolitical implications of B Cup, which is <laughs> another one. And then there's one that allows dogs. Like what am I what is this? I know dogs in a coffee shop. There's got to be a code against that. I, it's a, it's a horrific. I don't I don't want dogs in any sector of my life, much less near my food. Right. It's it's too upsetting to talk about. Um, I don't. I, I suppose you have not taken a stand against any Jersey City sort of establishments. I have not. Although uh, I I usually get my coffee at a bodega. I have to say because I'm got I've become so old that like actual coffee makes me jittery for like half a day. Like I'm clearly <laughs> like not metabolizing coffee like a young person anymore. And so like it's probably a good thing. Actual shit coffee, pardon my language, uh, is better. Like it wakes me up, but not too much. There you um, go. Yeah, I should just start carrying a cane around. I guess uh, <laughs> on top of all that, did you think Halep was gonna win? No. Yeah. Did you? Uh, absolutely not. Although, like, I did think, like, well, counterpuncher, um, we can argue that agree to which she's a counterpuncher, but counterpuncher, fast, I thought she had a shot. I, I just thought Serena might serve her off the court, uh, but that did not happen. Did not happen. Yeah, I was, um, I mean, Simone Halep's not, like, a dark horse candidate, exactly. She started the year ranked number one. Right. She's been in five. This was her fifth Grand Slam final. I think that's right, five, right? She lost the French Open twice, once mm-hmm. to Ostapenko, one to Maria Sharapova. Um, she won another one against Sloane Stevens. Yeah, uh, and then there's one probably I'm forgetting. Did, so, did, yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh, she lost to Wozniacki. It was Wozniacki, uh, yeah. The Australian, exactly. that like yeah. marathon, marathon three-setter last year. Yep. So yeah, she's, you know, she's not like not a factor but i think the way that serena's playing kind of reminded me of like pre-baby serena she was serving well she was moving well she was volleying well because of 
honestly, I think like the doubles playing with Andy, yeah, um, kind of got her doubles skills and net closing abilities like kind of reactivated because she's a great closer and has great hands when she's practicing that. Yeah. Um, you know, so I was like, oh man, this is going to be a blowout. And it was just yeah. not in the way that I thought. Yeah, very surprising. It seemed like the match got away from her, and there was no immediately. Yeah, and I didn't it, like. Oftentimes, it's like, well, I mean, she has many times over the years uh, played a horrific set, and then won two other sets. And yeah, that's kind of her thing, actually. That's where her she's thing. Like, yeah, plays into the match and just kind of like tosses off a pretty, you know, uh, loose first set or at least first couple games and then like finds form and then you're fucked. And but, <laughs> yeah. And like, I just thought like it, like in the second set, it was just like, it never, it, like the game never, the, the match never felt like it was like that urgent or immediate. Like, no. Yeah. Disappointing. It's, it's, yeah, it was disappointing. I mean, honestly, it was ma- mainly disappointing to me personally because i just i wanted her to contend she didn't feel yeah. like it didn't feel like she was in contention and i think like one of the things that happened was that she got tight and i think the other thing um that has happened and didn't necessarily happen sunday but it's certainly like a factor which is nobody's afraid of her anymore right because like used it used to be that like everyone even like up a set and a break would be like yeah i'm winning right now <laughs> exactly but at some point soon you know, so they'd like play tight and sort of when Serena would inevitably find her like second gear. Right. They'd people would like yeah. would fall apart because they'd be like, oh, fuck, I was up like a set and a break. How could this happen? And then you're just in that downward spiral of like, but I was so close, but I was so far, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. But I don't think that she inspires that fear anymore. And you can kind of see it like people are. Yeah. So, ah, man, I don't know. I feel like this is like her best chance to get 24. I think so. Yeah, I was su- sort of surprised she didn't win. There, di- there didn't seem to be like one part of her game that was broken or not working. So it felt, and she'd been like pretty steady overall through the tournament. So I just didn't. I kind of thought she would roll in this one. Like I, I like Halep. I wasn't like, like, oh god, she won. But uh, totally, yeah. She's a very likable player and person. But uh, yeah, I was kind of bummed um, that uh, she didn't get to it. So yeah, it just kind of felt like the air was out of the match. Like. It didn't like I. I am all for celebrating, you know, a player who steps up and like gets a first in their career. In this case, it was her first Wimbledon title, French Open, like we mentioned. But like Halep played great to be sure, but it wasn't like she was just really consistent. And Serena yeah. would like hit three balls and then hit a ball in the middle of the net. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah. And I think everyone was like, "Well, Halep played amazing. Halep played lights out." And it's like maybe. Yeah. But also, like, none of the rallies really went beyond, like, five strokes. It just – and it happened in 56 minutes, you know? Yeah. Well, that was so fast. Yeah. I mean, Serena did Like, people were still on their way over to my house yeah. when the match was over. Yes. Like, somebody showed up with a carton of strawberries after the match had concluded. And you just sadly threw them right in the garbage. There's, I was is, like, well, this, this is, is no pointless. Time for strawberries. You know what I did do? I introduced them to the joy that is the Legends Tournament. Have you ever watched the Legends Tournament? I haven't. I haven't. So, little known fact, every Grand Slam, they have an invitational doubles tournament for Legends. And you have to be invited, and I think it's that you, you have to be like a household name or have, have won the Grand Slam. But the French, Australian, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open, you can see like... Conchita Martinez playing with oh, Arancha wow. Sanchez Vicario, Mary wow. Jo Fernandez playing with Ai Sugiyama. And like, I mean, my favorite Gabriela Sabatini, I don't think plays very many of these, but like last year at the French open, I saw Conchita um, 
play against like Martina Navratilova. Wow. And they're really fun. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. because they're playing tennis that like is still extremely good, which is like a little bit more closer to like what I play. Right. So you're like, oh, wow, this looks like me, but way better instead of like whatever it is that the actual like – Right. Real pros are playing, which doesn't really look like humanly achievable, even by <laughs> people like us who like were decently good. You know what I mean? Right. It's like it's like they look just like me if I never missed. Ever. Exactly. <laughs> and if everything yeah. went where I wanted it to. Yeah. And so I um, I turned on the Legends men's doubles featuring um, everyone's favorite uh, Persian French guy, Mansour Barami. Uh huh. Wow. Who is like the trickster? Yep. And basically, it was. For the non-tennis fans I was hosting, just as good as watching maybe sure. Serena win 24. Maybe not just as good, but we have, we put the strawberries to use. Okay. So here's like a bit of a letter of recommendation for watching the Invitational Doubles. Certainly if you're there yeah. at a Grand Slam, they're pretty fun. They're always on outer courts. Last year I watched Pat Cash and Michael Chang wow. play Mark Philippoussis and like Todd Martin. You know? <laughs> and there's like some joking Mark with the Philippoussis. Has this game aged well? Doesn't seem like a game that would age well. Doesn't seem like an issue that would game. Yeah, he can't really get into the net anymore. But you know, he's still handsome and pretty, like a lady, really. Okay, there you go, <laughs> bringing it all around. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so we're halfway through summer. Uh, two Grand Slams uh, have happened since the last time we talked. Three on the year, one left. What's sort of your take on the U.S. Open series, as it's called, the sort of like hard court run up um, to the September? You know, crowning of a U.S. Open champion. This is honestly like kind of the least favorite part of the year for me personally. I don't right. love hardcore tennis. Right, right. That's not your. That's but not your it thing. is in our time zone. It is in our time zone, which is a big, big plus. I don't know. I think that um, this is like weirdly specific, but I wonder how uh, Barty will play in on the hard courts for the whole summer. You know what I mean? Explain. Well, I I just thought like I thought she was going to go way deeper into. Uh, way deeper into Wimbledon. I, I mean, I think everybody did, but I also think that, um, I don't know, when she won the French, I felt like I was watching someone who was going to have like a little run of like three years consistently in the top five mm-hmm. and always up to win a tournament. I don't know. Did, did, he, did uh, you feel that way watching her? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I there's two ways to look at this. Barty is like a complete player because she's played a lot of doubles. She's got a really good net game. Her serve is really like sort of the underrated weapon of her game because she serves. And I don't want to gender this, but like it's been said of the Williams sisters that they learned how to serve like men. I would argue that like most men and a few select women are taught the correct way to serve. Um, And the rest of the women are taught like slice it and get it in, you know? And Ash Barty serves like the technically correct way, which means it doesn't break down and she can win right. service games in a way that not a lot of them can. Plushka right. was another one. Um, yeah, Julia Gerges, obviously like there's a handful of women who serve really, really well um, and who can sort of dictate points with that. And she's one of them. So I love that aspect of her game and I think it will serve her well. Um, uh, you know, certainly on hard courts. I was surprised she didn't play super, super well at Wimbledon, but you know, again, having a letdown from your first slam is like kind of, Right. Nor, like normal and she's pretty young you know and i also like the fact that she's like an athlete who's had a couple of different iterations exactly. to her career it means yeah. like eh, 
you know, she can always go back and become a professional cricketer again, which kind of in- indicates like a little mental elasticity to me where it's yeah. like, oh, she's not like super fragile. Like I have to win this one for my father or else he's going to beat me, which is like kind of the vibe you get from <laughs> a lot of the other ones. But you know what I'm saying? Sure. No, no, I know. I know. I laugh because there's a lot of truth behind that, unfortunately. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. totally true. Exactly. So, you know, I think she'll... Like, I'm not terribly worried about Naomi Osaka. She had kind of a shit year after the Australian. I'm yeah. not terribly worried about Ash Barty. He didn't have a good follow-up to the French. Like, these guys are young, and, like, they're still figuring out how to, like, be day in and day out. And, like, some of them, it's about getting the right coaches and teams. Some yeah. of them, it's about, like, dealing with all the questions that come with that and, like, all the money that they have now made because they've signed giant sponsorships. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, totally. So, yeah, I was a little disappointed just because I think, like, her game can be so effective on grass and we didn't get to see it. But, like, we'll have more chances to see it. Um, you know, in years to come because she's 23 years old. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I and think... like, yeah, for me, the more sort of the more disappointing stuff for Wimbledon for me is just like the big three. When will they go away? Like, I'm so <laughs> bored of it. You know, like, it's crazy. sure. I was, you know, I think disappointed that Roger Federer didn't hold serve in the fifth set. Yeah. But, you know, I've seen him win a lot. I've seen Djokovic win a lot. I've seen right. Nadal win a lot. Like, I'm just super over all of them, to be yeah. totally clear. And it has nothing to do with, like, a lack of respect. Like, respect, you did, you've done great. Great job, everybody. Yeah. But, like, where's my, like, you know, weird, uh, you know, Kei Nishikori Grand Slam title run? How about a Stan Vavrinka getting in there? No? Yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm like, I, I get impatient with the the pace of change because the women's game is already starting to change and it's exciting right the men's has not no i mean are you saying that because roger federer played in a final 16 years ago is that is that why you feel like things aren't changing much yes i mean crazy it's crazy i mean to be clear like serena williams also played in a final yeah 20 years ago her first final in the us open i don't know if it's her first final but it was the first Grand Slam victory. That's 20 years ago now. That's 20 years. But she, she's like, had a lot more ups. I mean, Federer really has had almost no ups and downs. I mean, he dropped to like fifth or something crazy like that. Yeah, Whereas he dropped Serena's that, had a lot more to like contours. Yeah, in her career. Yeah, contours yeah. is an easy way to, dis- to describe what Serena's career has meant. And also, like, it's meant a couple of different things as she's sort of embraced different eras of her personality and sort of brand for lack yeah. of a better word right yep. like now it's about her legacy and becoming a mother for a time it was about her and her sister breaking barriers and yep. then in the middle it was just like utter dominance so like right. at least it had some variety and then she was almost killed in a blood embolism and you know blah yeah. blah, blah, blah blah and like she and Hennon actually had a pretty good rivalry like there was some sort of yeah interesting moments to it and as were Federer's but he's never gone away the way that you suggest and he's never been out except for that like back injury where he kind of laid off the clay for a while so right. like yeah, I just like I know what his celebration looks like. I know what yeah. it looks like to witness extreme excellence. I, honestly, like the best thing I read about Wimbledon this year was by Brian Phillips, uh-huh. who wrote two really great pieces. One about the final and about Djokovic, um, which I really recommend anyone who's listening to this to check out if they haven't already. And the other one was about Nick Kyrgios and why Nick Kyrgios, in his like spectacular failure to live up to the standards of professionalism is actually like a refreshing palate changer, palate yeah. cleanser from the like big three's insistence on, you know, uh, incredibly professional workmanlike excellence. Cordial. You know? They're all cordial. Yeah, they've yeah. made it boring to be like great. Now I'm ready for somebody to like 
just like it's refreshing watching Nick Curious because you don't know if you're going to get like a thousand mile an hour forehand return that he runs towards the net hitting or if he's going to like yeah. do a trick shot and close his eyes. Like that's at least new to me. I, I like the variety of that. And I, I know everybody sort of has their own sort of hobby horse about him and oh, yeah. he should do this or he should do that. Or, and it's like, well, he doesn't. So he, do- he like doesn't it, like it or don't. Yeah, I like it. I so wish that he like breaks through in some sort of like even search but younger kind of way. And when totally. and wins one, it's such a bummer that that he that that he hasn't won a slam. Has he come close? Has he been in the semis in a slam? I don't, I don't think remember. so. I don't think so. I mean, um, he's won some titles. Like when he's got a winning record against Novak Djokovic, he's never lost a set to him. I know, right? <laughs> it's crazy. Like he beat he beat Rafa Nadal hungover yeah. after partying for a week in Mexico. Like. Yep. He's got okay. Let's see singles. He's got one quarterfinal. No, two. He made the quarters at Wimbledon in 2014 and the quarters at the Australian in 2015. Oh, he's so so young he's in 2014. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know, I mean, he can do whatever he wants. Like I'm not one of these people who's like he should, you know, yeah. train hard. He should get a coach. Like, I think that would probably help. Yeah. But if I... he wanted to be like a top five player, I don't even care. I just want him to like blowtorch his way through a draw or two and introduce you know i want him to be like chaotic i i think so but like chaotic but maybe and this isn't like a prescriptive you need to be happier but like clearly some of those press conferences and some of those interviews is like someone yeah. who's like really wrestling with some professional you're demons. totally right and like you do want him to or it would be really nice to watch him kind of get through that even even if it's like he only ever wins one slam because he recognizes that tennis isn't the most important thing in his life like that would be a great outcome yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a model for that. It's Murat Safin or, like, Goran Ivanisevic. Yeah. Right? Totally. Like, those guys only won one slam, and they both, like, won a very different way of a slam. Like, Safin was a partier. Ivanisevic was, like, a head case who destroyed rackets. You know, Curious is both. <laughs> um, he's, he's everything all at once. <laughs> he really is. I yeah. fucking love that guy. I really uh, do. Um, and just to save you from the co- commenters, didn't Safin win two? I think he won two slams. You're probably right about that. I think he won the U.S. Yes. and he won the Australia. Yeah. Um, but uh, we can agree on one thing about Marat Tappen. He's pretty like a lady. He's pretty like a lady. And when he first like came on and started playing tournaments, anybody watching was like, "This guy's going to win thirty-seven majors." <laughs> because, <laughs> You're right. he like, won two. he looked he like a robot. <laughs> right. Well, on that note. On that note, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for the the hard courts. I I still find it a little weirdly charming that like. The international glitzy glamorous tennis world turns its eyes to Cincinnati once a Woo! year. It's great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like the Green Bay Packers or something. Like I really like that the universe settled out this way, kind of. You know? Well, I, you're alone in that, but I yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Indianapolis, says Caitlin. <laughs> Eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Anyway, no. until soon. Until soon. All right, my friend. Goodbye. Bye.